everyone! Welcome back to Reader's Table, the podcast where two story lovers talk about books, movies, and stories of any kind. I'm Priscilla. And I'm Nick. And in today's episode, we're going to continue the Dark Tower series with book number two, The Drawing of the Three. Stay up to date and join the community on Instagram at Reader's Table. Dark Tower is a fantasy series by Stephen King and it has seven main books. This is the second book. We've done the first one already. So maybe the reason why we record this is obviously because I want to, but I thought after recording the first one already while recording, we already talked about it a little bit, um, whether or not I should do the subsequent ones. And mm-hmm. I think it's a good idea for manifold reason or reasons and one of them is it might be good for some people to follow along as they read them maybe you get mm-hmm. into it you read the first one then you want to read the second one you want to hear the thoughts on the podcast and for ones that have already read it or just don't want to read it but want to get inspired or whatever just hear what it's about get a um, taster of it yeah and we might do minor spoilers i don't want to do too much spoilery stuff one of the things that always sticks out with Stephen King novels is that he has a strength on themes and symbols. More so than a plot or a overarching, you know, storyline, you follow characters that are very human, very gray. They have inconsistencies, just like real life. There's not a mold that they necessarily fit. So in terms of themes, this is very heavy on mental health somehow. Um, which I realized after thinking about it, it's also heavy on addiction tied to mental health and the psychological development of somebody going through an addiction and or coming out of it. An overarching theme that spans across the whole Dark Tower series, at least so far, is the theme of destiny and fate and whether or not that might be a thing that might be challenged and what it means in the world of Roland. And so the second thing I noticed here was the characters, because it's always interesting to see what what Stephen King does with his characters. And one of the things he does here is that he focuses on Roland again, like he did in the first book, but the focus is also heavy on the Katet, which is the high speech for the group, basically. Um, Ka being fate or destiny and Tet being the group. And a way they describe it in the book, or he describes it in the book, is Katet is one from many. And the development focus, character development focuses heavily on on the new characters introduced in this book. So in this book, Roland has to draw three characters, so to say, like his quartet. So he goes like a multiverse travel and he he draws his, his people into his world. And as one might think, that's not a joyful thing for these people. You know, you have a life and then all of a sudden you're being dragged into a another world. You might question your sanity, first of all, and then secondly, you might not want to be there at all, because who is this cowboy-looking guy with, uh, you know, two fingers bit off his right hand and, and like, dying on the ground, who, who now wants to recruit you to go to the, to some arbitrary dark tower? That's really strange. And so that's explored. In terms of magic, I will say that this series does not have heavy magic. It has magic in it, but it is usually not used it's not like everybody just knows how to cast spells it's a very rare thing and it's also seems to be very dangerous but that's more in later books in this book it's just the only magic that we see or the magic system that one could name is ka destiny the thing that connects them and they can do things through it 
but there's no real explanation in this book as of yet. And the whole book's very quick, and the world building just happens through the action. One of the cool things is the way the gunslinger interacts with the other worlds he goes to builds naturally his character and his world. So we get an understanding of why he would react in a way to something in another world. So that's a natural exposition that one can appreciate as a reader without feeling like Stephen King is just dumping information. Let's quickly cycle back to the topic of multiverse. Nowadays, it's quite popular. With mm -hmm. every superhero or villain story, there's somehow in a multiverse yeah, Marvel did related. It. Yeah, Marvel, yeah. DC probably as well. I haven't watched that many DC movies. And also modern literature, like Brandon Sanderson has a multiverse, just to name one author. Mm, the Cosmere. Was Stephen King the first one to apply the multiverse? And, you know, how does it make you feel after knowing that he exactly implied that with the Dark Tower? You know, since Marvel and DC, they have been out for a while as comic books, these stories. And I'm not well-versed enough. Actually, I'm not well, I'm not versed at all, mm -hmm. I will say. Not versed in the multiverse of Marvel and, and DC and the comic books to say how far back they introduced that concept in their stories in the comic books. But I would probably say they did that quite early. But outside of that, it just didn't exist in literary circles in the way Stephen King did it, I think. And one must think that these books came out, I mean, the second one now that we're talking about, it came out in the 80s. And the other one, the first one came out in 1982, but he wrote it when he was 19, so that was even earlier. And it becomes clear when you read the first one and then read the second one and think about the first one, a lot of the concepts that are introduced in the second book, he already thought about and foreshadowed in the first book. So already at 19, he had this idea of the story. He just was not able to write it yet the way mm -hmm. he wanted to. That's why he waited. I think on the grand scale, as we have talked about before on, on this podcast, Stephen King connects books into a King verse. That's There's not that's a imp... name for the King verse officially, right? I or think is... it's just a King okay. verse. Or maybe it's the Dark Tower. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephen King himself said that the Dark Tower is the nexus point. It's mm -hmm. the the connection to all other stories. It's it's the central story, basically. The way I read this, or the way I interpret this, and the way it makes me feel is that, first of all, the Dark Tower was intended as his magnum opus, and everything else revolves around it. So the fate of destiny, the fate, of, and I haven't finished it yet, so I don't know how it plays out, but I heard that the ending is absolutely divisive. Either you love it or you hate it. There's no mm. between. But and I a lot of people... Great. Yeah, and a lot of people come around, apparently. A friend of mine also didn't like it. And then he thought about it a bit, a couple of days, and he was like, actually, it's genius. Actually, it's really great for the way it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious to see what the ending's like, because it's so such a huge topic. And as I avoid Googling anything about the Dark Tower, because I don't want to <laughs> get spoiled. One of the things I keep hearing as well is how weird it gets and i'm in the fifth book now and it does get weird like he, there's just things that are like wait where is that coming from now and it feels like out of left field but then there's a connection to a thing that happened in the third book and it makes sense and in general about the whole multiverse stuff um i think it would have been cooler if i wasn't exposed to it before mm -hmm. first time i was exposed to it and my mind was blown was in 2012 i think the first avengers movie came out mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, Thor and Iron Man are in the same movie? 
Captain America too. And that was really cool. And I was like, oh shit, they're all together. Mm -hmm. This is one thing. And I didn't know that. That was really cool. But I feel like it's still different in books when you have books like that connect like that it's it's just a different experience mm-hmm. and it's yeah i can agree with well, stephen king is really unique okay. how do you feel about that the multiverse stuff i think the first time it's really flashing but the more you hear it like everyone has it now mm. a multiverse it's really not that special anymore it's like stand-up paddling <laughs> <laughs> yeah now i've read brandon sanderson and it's sci-fi and fantasy and i have to say personally I haven't gotten around to really like the sci-fi aspect in the multiverse, but that's just a personal preference. I'm not really into sci-fi. At mm. least I haven't come across a novel that really sparks my joy for it. But yeah, it, it's cool if they're connected, but I'm also happy if it's just, so to say, a standalone series. Mm. What do you think now if you compare book one and book two? Do you like it better? Do you think it's the right way, this mm. way? What are your impressions? At first, when I read it, I was completely sucked in because of the high tension. And then about halfway through, I was like, wait, what is happening? Like, forgot the- everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that, but but more like these are completely different how they feel. And that's partially because of Stephen King being so young when he wrote the first one, different writing style. But I think it's also because he is allowed to do that. And that's why I didn't question it at first. And only halfway through, I was like, what is even going on? Like, why are we... And this minor spoiler, why why are we using doors that appear out of nowhere in the wild and open them and then travel to another universe? What What is going on? I think the first one is more spiritual, more esoteric. The second one is more, it's still fantasy, obviously. It's more about psychological development, mental health. And there's a cool connection between all these characters he pulls from their universes. And at first it feels arbitrary, like, okay, it's just, taking different people but they are chosen and they are connected to each other as well and that's explained and explored and at first it's like random but then mm-hmm. it all comes together at the end well that sounds good you know if we talk about the characters now now we've talked a lot about roland but you mm-hmm. said in the drawing of the three there are more characters coming into into view mm-hmm. um what do you think of those well are those well-crafted characters or were you thinking like why did he choose to make this character and how do they vibe with each other and is there already a sort of character development um, visible in the main character there is at, at the very end of the book if i remember correctly they will be together in a way i won't don't want to spoil that and then they will move on for a couple of days or even weeks i think so there's already growth happening, especially at the end. But one of them is Eddie Dean. The other one is Odetta Walker or Odetta Walker, depending on who you talk to. And that's a really interesting set of characters there because first off, when I read about Eddie Dean, he's a New York guy from the 1970s who's addicted to uh, heroin, I think, and probably did some coke too. And He's in the process, when he meets Roland for the first time, he's in the process of smuggling coke strapped to his chest on a plane about to arrive at the JFK airport in New York. And that's a cool circumstance. But in a way, I I was like, why this guy? You know, why a drug addict? It's just a normal dude in a way, it seems like. But that's the strength of Stephen King, because then throughout the story, he grows on you in a way that 
you didn't think you were like how can how can you sympathize with a drug addict if you've never been around those people maybe if you've never had that experience yourself and he's supposed to be part of the group of the heroes right in fantasy so he's not necessarily a hero he's not a heroic guy but i guess it does also show strength and author strength to absolutely be able to write a character that you first think you will dislike because you have nothing in common but then come to like what's even better is even as he grows there's still parts you dislike mm -hmm. so Stephen king doesn't no write characters. characters yeah he, he doesn't write characters that are oh they're flawed first and then they grow and then they're like perfect versions or symbolic versions of a hero no they're not they're human beings they're flawed they make mistakes they're inconsistent they have thoughts that are bewildering to read and but also you sympathize sometimes mm -hmm. because you're like i had those thoughts you know i'm not proud of it and if you've in moments of anger in life you might think gosh i wish i could just punch a guy in the face or how dare he you know you might get angry in life and have thoughts that are intrusive mm -hmm. and you might even have thoughts that are intrusive without a particular emotion attached to it and the characters in the stephen king books have those mm -hmm. and they show he shows it and they act on them sometimes and that shows that they're inconsistent somebody who you know is portrayed to be a hero maybe acts in a way that is questionable and that's the gray area we were talking about before mm -hmm. in the case of eddie dean and Dita walker it's very strong because they're very flawed they have good strengths too but they're just human beings i mean now that you've read the third the fourth and the, almost the fifth what can you give our listeners as a treat you know for for the next book why is it worth continuing to read on so what's in the dark tower that i don't think are is in other books that strongly and it's because stephen king wrote them he doesn't really rely on plot and mm -hmm. if you want to read a fantasy that is dark but also has fantastical elements but also horror elements that takes turns that you really did not see coming and it goes on ways that you were not expecting at all it surprises you almost every turn of the page so if you want that this is for you well that sounds good it's a it's a ride a wild ride so you've heard it if you're curious and have read book one and we'll read book two now continue to book three because we'll be covering that as well That's it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed The Drawing of the Three by Stephen King. Stay up to date and join the community on Instagram at Readers Table. Thank you very much for listening.